0: Hello and welcome to the Visible Man podcast. I'm Jack Rollins, the producer for the show. On today's episode taken from a live talk hosted on the VM Discord server, Jeff will speak with divorce attorney, speaker, blogger, radio personality, and host of the Divorcing Well podcast, Leanne Townsend, who will give divorced parents some advice on how to survive the holidays. You'll hear Jeff interview Leanne for a while, and then he will open up the conversation to our live Discord audience for a Q&A. Just a quick reminder, this episode is educational in nature and not legal advice. If you need legal advice, please seek out the appropriate legal professional. And now, here's Jeff. All right. Thanks for joining us, Leanne.
1: Happy to be here.
0: So I'm excited to chat with you tonight because um, the holidays are here, and um, it can be really hard for uh, for divorced families to go through that. And I know that you've seen a lot um, in what you've done in your practice. And so I'm really excited to hear what you what your perspective is on um, how to handle the holidays as a divorced parent.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely a challenging time. Um, divorce in itself is is challenging and you know depressing for a lot of people. And you add in the holidays, and you know it adds a whole other layer to all of this. And I think particularly uh, for people with children, it's challenging because you know in the past when you were together as a couple, you got to spend all of the holidays with your children, and now you're in a situation where Generally, you're looking at having to carve up part of the holidays, and you're not going to, you know, be able to be with your children potentially Christmas Eve or Christmas Day or you know other parts of the holidays, and that's a really difficult thing for a lot of people to deal with. Um, and you know, the holidays are often a lonely time for a lot of people to begin with. So again, I think for people going through divorce, loneliness can be a big factor as well.
0: So. I I know that my first Christmas, it was terrible. I got, we had separated in August or September, I think. And it was a few months later and I took a picture of myself in this plaza and it was just, I was by myself on Christmas morning and it was just, it was one of the most lonely experiences I had had. Um, So I guess before we get into it, I'm curious what got you into what you do now.
1: Um, Well, it's a good question, because I originally started my career in law as a prosecutor. And so I spent over 16 years in that role. But while I was in that role, my specialty became domestic violence. So I was, you know, kind of dealing with a lot of family law aspects to begin with. Um, And then when I left the prosecutor's office and went into private practice, I did some criminal defense work initially, but I found myself drawn into family law and I went through my own divorce as well. And um, it really opened my eyes about, you know, how challenging uh, it can be on so many levels that you don't, you know, even in my case, I knew the divorce was for the best. And I wasn't, you know, I was on board that the marriage wasn't working, but I still found it, you know, really challenging, um, you know, as when I went through the divorce. So I ended up just kind of building more into that area and I didn't end up, I, Discontinued doing any criminal law work, and then grew my my family law practice.
0: Mm, okay, so you've had you've had personal experience with what it's like to to go through this and have your have the have the first holiday first holidays after the divorce or even separation, and in terms of the just how, how difficult it can be.
1: For sure, um, you know I I know for myself it it was it was very hard. Um, you know even now, um, and I've been like divorced for over 10 years. Um, I don't have family um, here where I live. And so but my ex-husband does. So my kids always go with him for Christmas dinner, because he's got, you know, he's got the grandparents and the cousins. And so um, I'm okay with that, because I know, you know, that that's best for them. I don't have family here that we would get together with. So I have them Christmas morning. And Whatnot, but you know there is something about sitting there eating dinner by myself uh, on Christmas Day, um, and even though like I could go to friends and things like that, like it's not like I have to totally be alone. Um, but there is there is something about it, and you know even for my kids, um, you know at first I used to have to really push them to go, not because they didn't want to see their dad's family and be with their dad, but they felt bad for me being at home by myself. So I really had to explain to them that, no, it's okay. Like mom's fine with that. I'm, you know, it's not, it's, it's totally fine. Please go and have a good time. But, you know, that's the thing I think too, with the holidays is we often forget it. it, It's stressful on the children as well. The fact that they're not seeing both parents.
0: That's a totally new experience to separate the two take what used to be a kind of a United tradition or habits or whatever. And to have like you, yeah, you bring up the kids now see you as an individual, not as part of not necessarily as part of a couple. Um, So it's, it's particularly hard on them, I think, because it's a, it's a, it's a very unknown thing for them.
1: For sure. And as you just touched on, when you mentioned traditions, like, you know, when the couple Is together There's certain family traditions that the children have been growing up with. And now with mom and dad apart, um, you know, the traditions are going to be different. And, you know, I think that that's hard on everybody, that it's hard on the children and it's hard on the parents. And, you know, one of the things that I say to my clients is that, you know, it's a good opportunity to to build some new traditions and come up with some new fun ideas that, you know, can make it fun for the children so that they're more focused on. Um, you know, the new fun, building new traditions versus, you know, missing an old tradition that maybe they can't have any longer, um, you know, because of the split and, and, and just the sharing of time, you know, between their parents, I think, you know, that's hard too. And I always tell people to, to, to focus on the children. If you, I mean, if obviously if your children are adults, it's a bit different, but, you know, or if you don't have children, but if you have young children, like focus on them and not, like your own needs, uh, your own ego, um, you know, your own loneliness, Um, you know, yes, you might feel lonely while they're, you know, off at dinner with your ex on Christmas day. But, you know, like in my case, if it makes sense for them to do that, then you have to, you know, let that happen because that's best for them. um, And, you know, enjoy your time while you have them.
0: Now you touched on something um, coordinating, a few minutes ago um and at least in my situation probably many situations there's there's sort of the letter of the law of the agreement and then there's kind of a gray area where um i don't know pickup times and and days that are split and some flexibility how do you have any any thoughts on where that line where that line falls and sort of like how, how it can get squishy and some of the things that you've seen in terms of coordinating.
1: Well, I think a lot of that depends on the couple and, you know, ideally you have a couple that is on high conflict and, you know, sees the bigger picture and has some flexibility. And, Cause I think that, you know, when you have an agreement, it, it's there, obviously for when it, it, it's there to, to create consistency and predictability And you know to have a fallback position, but you know life happens, and you know everyone who is separated or divorced at some point um, usually needs to not follow the exact letter of the agreement. You know it's their parenting time, and they have another commitment that's come up that they have to honor, or you know things like that. And you know so it's ideal when the parents can work together and be flexible and you know, make that work. And, you know, even examples of that, I'll rely again on my own um, marriage. Like in the early years, my kids were very young when we split up, like one and a half and three and a half. And in the early years, I actually went... (laughs) To my ex's family um, for Christmas dinner, because we were amicable enough at that point. We're we're not as amicable now, unfortunately, but for a number of years we were. And so I actually went along and it was, was it ideal for me to be around my ex-husband? No. Was it ideal for him to be around me? No. But we recognized that it made it better for the kids and we were able to, you know, tolerate each other and be civilized and respectful. And so that worked for us. I mean, that wouldn't necessarily work for everybody and it reached a point where it wasn't working for us, but, you know, that would be an example. Um, I find, unfortunately, like I have some clients where it's very, very high conflict and there's no, you know, there's no room for for maneuvering. There's no flexibility. It's the letter of the agreement. And so in those cases, the agreement is extremely important or the court order. And usually in those cases, it's a court order, not an agreement um, that, you know, everything be spelled out every last detail, because with a lot of high conflict couples, if there's anything that's gray, they will find a, a reason to fight about it. And the last thing anyone should want. And I know the last thing any lawyer wants is to be rushing to court, you know, on Christmas Eve or something with an urgent motion because of something like that.
0: Now, um, depending on what holiday you're celebrating, and there's a lot of gift giving coming up, um, and I personally still have to start my shopping. So (laughs)
1: uh,
0: I think we're in the first December 8th right now. So
1: yeah you, still, um, you still have a little time. I
0: got a little bit of time, a little bit of time. Um, but that can be an issue um, where you've now got two different households two two different incomes, whatever they are, um, and you've got kids that are used to getting a gift from mom and dad or you know dad and dad or mom and whatever um, uh, so that can unravel some really complicated things How, do you have any? thoughts or advice on how parents might handle that situation
1: um definitely and, and it is a reality um you know two people together have a greater pool of money than you know two people separate on their and on their own and you know in a lot of relationships there is an income differential and the party who makes less money and is relying on support you know may feel that the other party is spoiling the children with all of these you know, exciting gifts that the children are all excited about and they may feel like what they're able to offer you know, isn't good enough. And of course it is. I mean, you know, I can, you know, say that Christmas is about love and children are going to remember, you know, feeling loved and they're going to remember the met, like the time with their parents and all of that more so than like the specific gift that maybe they're excited about in the moment. So, um, you know, I-, I would remind people, you know, if I have clients in that situation or listeners, I-, I, you know, I would remind them that, you know, children, as they say, like, they're really not going to remember the gifts so much as the experience and the time and that it was a happy occasion. And, you know, they felt loved and, and, and that's really what creates memories. And so, you know, I think it's important to focus on that and not, you know, what, what the gift, you know, whether your, your ex is out gifting you, you know, uh, you don't want to get into a competition there. Um, And again, to always put the children first and be the bigger person. And, you know, an example of that, I have, um, I have a client right now and, um, he is in a you know fairly high conflict situation, I would say with his ex, but she um, went and bought the children bicycles for Christmas and asked him if he would contribute and he did he ended up paying for half the bicycles and um, he's, you know, he's not even seeing his children right now, and he still did that. And I, you know, I, I have so much respect for him for doing that and for being the big person and, and you know, f- funding those bikes. Um, a lot of other people would have been, you know, well, I'm not even seeing the kids and she's been horrible to me. And why am I going to do that? And, you know, all of that. Um, so, again, I think in his case, he put the children first. Um, Rather than his own ego or his anger um, at his ex, which, you know, he certainly deserves to have a lot of anger in the situation. Um, So I think, you know, the more people can do things like that uh, around the holidays, I think the better.
0: I was talking with somebody in the server about that exact situation, not bikes, but it was a coat, actually, where there was um, uh, this guy that was uh, it was limited time with one of his kids. And uh, but he was being asked to contribute to a gift that he's like I don't even I don't even see him and you know and now I'm got to pay for it so there's a lot of resentment anger and, um, yeah I know that in, as parents in that situation we've got to internalize a bunch of that or handle yeah. it.
1: And it's hard. I mean, it's easier said than done for sure. And, you know, and then the other part, you know, I think my client probably wondered this and, you know, people in that situation might is like, is she even telling them Mm -hmm. me too? You know, like if you're not seeing the kids, um, you know, if you're at least talking to them, that, that helps, um, you know, that you can, can say that, but you don't even know what the message is that's being given to the kids. So you're really being a big person um, you know, if you don't even, you know, know if, if they're going to be, know that it's from you, but then, you know, a true altruism of course, isn't about, you know, the, the applause and the, the thank yous that, you know, and the acknowledgement, it's just about doing the right thing. So, you know, I, again, I would say that's what people need to focus on as best they can. Yeah.
0: Um, one of the situations you mentioned earlier was if a kid doesn't want to go, uh, and I know that some of the guys in the server have faced the situation where now that the house is split and there's sort of a affinity for one house over the other, or even just a, I don't want to go to that situation. Any thoughts on how to how to handle that? I mean, do you force them to go, or do you, or do you respect it, or at what age do you start talking about this? Any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I mean that's always a very challenging situation, um, and it is something that you know, comes up a lot, um, especially, you know, when as kids go through different ages and stages as well. And so, um, you know, first off, I would always encourage all parents to respect the role of the other parent in their children's life and to encourage and support and facilitate that as much as possible. So to honor, um, you know, agreements and court orders and things like that. So if you have children and they don't want to go, um, you know, you should encourage them uh, to do so. I mean, I think that part of it is getting at the reason why they don't want to go. Um, you know, is there, you know, is there a new partner with, you know, the other parent that the child doesn't like being around? Is there, you know, is the other parent, like, you know, got a problem, say, with substance abuse? And so they're not, a, you know, they're not present, but, you know, like, are there actual real issues you need to be concerned about? Um, Or is, you know, one parent influencing them? You know, that's obviously, you know, a a very difficult situation if you have a parent who's trying to alienate the other parent, because then if the child doesn't want to go, they're going to be like, yes, and they're going to try to take advantage of that, right? Um, But if you're dealing with people who truly, you know, um, are not in a situation where, you know there's like abuse or neglect and they they want to facilitate that relationship then they really should push their children to go even if the child is crying I think that they should be encouraged and and pushed a little bit and then um, you know if if it's an ongoing problem then you know I think then couples have to look at other solutions Um, but I think you know I again I'll resort back to my own Marriage. Um, There were times, you know, when my daughter, who was the youngest, sometimes she didn't want to go to her father's, and we just kind of took each situation as it was. And so, you know, sometimes I would make her go, and, you know, within minutes of getting to his place, she would be happy and smiling, and the tears would go away, and it was all fine. And then there were other times when like, there seemed to be a good reason that she didn't want to go, and so we respected that, and, and she didn't go. Um, but I think it's also important that children don't get the message that they're in charge of the schedule. It's the parents who are in charge of the schedule. The children don't dictate it. Um, but again, having said that, when children, children reach a certain age, like when they start getting into their tweens and teens... You know they have more of a voice, and it's you know it's it's much harder to make a 14 or 15 year old you know child go to the other parent if they don't want to, um, and you know that's where it can be challenging, and and the children you know definitely have more say.
0: Somebody in the server that's listening just said that um, my daughter now that she's older, she's 18, doesn't want to stay overnight at her mom's, but she doesn't mind going there, but just doesn't want to stay overnight. So that. Uh, you're spot on with the fact that uh, at least in my experience uh, the tweens and teens, when you want to start to respect their opinion, then.
1: Yeah. Um, and sometimes they want to be with their friends. Like it's, you know, and that's where I think too, like parents need to take their ego out of it. Like just because the child doesn't want to come, it, it may not. it's not necessarily a rejection of them or a lack of love for them. It may be just as simple as their 13 year old, Wants to hang out with their friends, and their friends live closer to the other parent's house, or you know something like that, and that's why they don't want to go. And um, it's nothing; it has nothing to do with their relationship with their parents.
0: Yeah, um, I, no, like I guess I want.
1: Gonna... better. That's something that comes up sometimes. Which I'm, is, I'm... Um, Like when if a couple splits up and one parent stays in the matrimonial home and the other moves out, that's where sometimes you see problems because the children like to be at the matrimonial home so they're more inclined to want to be there more often and that can sometimes be challenging.
0: I can I can vouch for that. (laughs) I visited the matrimonial home on Christmas morning and it was uh, it was a bit like taking a wound and putting salt in it for a little bit and then washing it down with a little bit of Bailey's. It was uh, (laughs) it was a little rough. So actually that was kind of my the next thing I wanted to ask you about is we've talked a lot about kids and i can say that on my first thanksgiving that i was alone i not proud of this but i drank a lot and i sobbed my eyes out and there was a big gap um between this um you know white picket fence and everybody's home to the fact that i was alone that day um as people face this in the holidays, I mean, people listening to this, this might be their first holiday where they're by themselves without their kids for a little while, or even just separated. Um, do you have any thoughts on that in terms of how people can take care of themselves or at least brace themselves for this experience?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's really important that, you know, people do self care through, you know, through this, I think, you know, the holidays I think are just naturally a lonelier time. I, I don't have the stats, but I do think I, I remember hearing, you know, statistically, there's more suicides, you know, at this time of year. Um, and so I think that, you know, if someone out there listening is going through separation and divorce right now and, and, you know, whether it's their first holiday or, or not, they, I think they should brace themselves that it, it will be challenging that, you know, being away from, you know, your, the, the family unit that you knew, or if you're being away from your children, um, you know, can be hard, and it can be lonely. And even if you don't have children, if you're just, you know, you were a couple, and now you're apart, and you're on your own. Um, or, you know, even if you're getting together with family, and people are questioning you, like, you know, what's going on, like, why are you know, and putting their own two cents into your, you know, your marital situation, like, that's always hard, too. So, I mean, I think, you know, self-care is really important. I think that it's also important not to isolate. It's really important, you know, to surround yourself with friends. Um, You know, if you don't have family, have, you know, at least one good friend or, you know, somebody who you can talk to or, you know, if, if you can get out of, you know, out in the fresh air and do things in nature, that's always helpful. I think the worst thing somebody can do is just kind of stay home by themselves feeling lonely, um, you know, cause that can lead to getting it. I find, you know, I think any of us, when we get into our own head too much um, that's always a problem. So I think, you know, things to just uh, distract you and and just get around people I think is is probably the most important thing. Um, and, you know, if you're really struggling, like if you're, you know, if you're feeling like suicidal or something like that, then obviously you know, reach out and call a hotline or call, you know, call somebody who can help you. Um, don't like, a, don't stay in that mindset for a second.
0: Yeah, for, for sure. And just to put in a mild plug for visible man on the server, um, we'll be around on the holidays. Um, so if there, if you're lonely or just want to shoot a text out, there's probably going to be somebody hanging out and we have, we'll have crisis lines in the notes, in the show notes. Um, now you you have seen um, a lot of cases in your in your practice. I'm sure about men and women going through this. And um, VM is uh, we focus on guys um, and trying to make sure that guys are well. Um, have you have you seen any particular struggles that are different, or has it been a pretty across the board similar experience? Do, do women have the same supports as men, or are there any any observations that you've had?
1: Um, that's a great question. I mean. I, from what I've seen, I think men have less support out there. I do think there's more support for women. Um, and even just, I think naturally women are more comfortable talking, you know, about their feelings and um, if they're feeling low, you know, they're more liable to reach out to a friend and and talk to that friend or they're more liable to seek, seek out therapy and things like that. I think men, you know, from my understanding of, of men, like they, you know, they, when they get together with their friends, they don't usually you know, spend a lot of time talking about their feelings. And so, you know, I think from that standpoint, women just, there there is more support for them, which is why I think, you know, like what you're doing here is fantastic. And I think that, you know, programs that, that are, are out there for men are so important, because I do think that they tend to be a more neglected group. Um, and I think that the holidays are, you know, equally hard on, you know, both parties. Um, you know, I, I think that, just because men maybe don't voice it as easily as women do, it doesn't mean that they're not suffering inside.
0: Yeah. I, I, I think I specifically took a note of what you were saying before about don't be alone. (laughs) Don't isolate that. If I, if I could, I think that's my middle name after, especially after this pandemic is now that I work from home and I'm a dude and I, and I just don't get out as much as I should. So um, I think, yeah, having, having support is definitely um, makes a huge difference in getting out in nature. Like you said.
1: Yeah. But I mean, even just like, for me, I know like exercise, like just moving the body, you know, cause it gets the endorphins going so it can kind of help get you out of a, a down you know, state if you're feeling down and, you know, you just touched upon the pandemic and, you know, that's another thing like so many people are more isolated right now to begin with and they're working from home, and they're not getting the same social interaction. So then you lump in the holidays. You know, I think it's, it's even worse. So it's, that's why it's even more important, you know, not to just isolate to, to get out and, um, you know, talk to people and, and and just, you know, spend some time out of your home, no matter how down you're feeling, like, just push yourself to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I faced when I was first well i guess i still kind of face it is um the inner the involvement of the family of of my ex um or a person's tax in their situation um and uh how how would you handle that situation uh because like the the separation or divorce is between the parents um but when there's when you know uh a I don't know a sibling or a parent or something like that or the other of the ex gets involved and wants to influence it any advice
1: yeah those situations are tough um you know meddling in-laws are mm-hmm. you know they're probably you know, when people are married let alone um you know when you're separating and divorcing and you know they never liked you to begin with and now <laughs> go crazy um, and, you know, and as a lawyer, I find like, that's one of my most challenging things. I hate it when someone's family starts getting involved and trying to, you know, to tell my client what to do and how things should be done. And they're Googling away on, you know, Google law, you know, just telling <laughs> why isn't your lawyer doing this? And why isn't your lawyer doing that? And, and you know, so it can be very meddlesome, um, so, I mean, first of all, if someone out there listening is a family member of somebody going through separation or divorce, um, you know, I would say be supportive, but don't, you know, but know where that line is that you shouldn't be meddling. You're, don't give your opinion if it's not asked for, and certainly don't involve yourself with with the ex, no matter how much you you know, might hate, dislike them and and feel really angry at them for what they did to your family member. It, it's not the, the it's not your place to get involved and give them a piece of your mind, and it's not going to help a situation. Um, so stay out of it. Um, but be supportive. You know, the best thing you can do is just be supportive for your family member. Um, if you're in that situation and you're on the receiving end of you know your your ex's family. Um, you know, that's a tough situation because if your ex isn't telling them to stay out of it, um, you know, you don't have their, their support on it. Um, and so, I mean, all you can really tell yourself is that you don't have to listen to them. They don't have a say in things and you, you know, if they're being disrespectful to you or abusive in some way, then I, you know, I would say, remove yourself from the situation immediately.
0: That makes sense. So we've had people listening in um, and we have some questions that are kind of rolling in. So I'd like to transition to those.
1: Sure. Sounds good.
0: Um, Okay. First question. Should you sign a gift from both parents if the ex isn't giving any? So it usually applies to younger kids who might not understand exactly what's going on.
1: Uh, That's a great question. And... um, I mean, it's this obviously not a legal question or anything. So I, you know, I'm kind of some of the things we're talking about are they're not, you know, within my expertise as a, a lawyer, but they're more just my experience dealing with people, you know, on a regular basis who are going through these situations. So, I mean, my advice on, on that is to, you know, follow your intuition, I think. Um, if you think that that's going to be best for your child, because if the, you know, if your child's going to be wondering, like, why didn't I get a gift from the other parent, and you think it's going to make them feel bad, then that might be the right thing to do to put their name on it as well. And, you know, so your child is happy, they think they got a gift from both their parents. So that I would just try and look at it through the eyes of your child and what you think is best for the child. And that's the best way to handle it.
0: Okay, next question is about seasonal depression. Um, how do you deal with seasonal or holiday depression when the kids are around? And being without them is not an option because they're they're, they're too young.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I want to, like, I'm not a, a therapist, uh, obviously, or anything like that. So, I mean, certainly I would defer to the advice of a, a therapist, counselor, psychologist on that um I think that you know from what I've seen with clients and just my own experience I know when you're down um it's very hard like I would say through my own divorce the one thing that really kept me going was having my children because you know I who knows I might have wanted to just stay in bed and pull the covers over my head and not get out of bed but I had to because I had two children I had to you know to look after and tend to so on some level you know, that can be helpful, but I know it can, when you're not feeling it, it can be very hard, you know, when you've got your children around and you wanna, you know, make things, you know, good for them. Um, so, I mean, I would say on that, just, I guess if you're aware you have seasonal depression, um, you know, ideally speak to a therapist and and get their advice on, you know, some of the things that you can do to, to help, help with it, whether that involves, um, you know, medical or non-medical solutions um, and self-care and, and don't beat yourself up for feeling down. I mean, you know, it's something we don't always have, we don't have control over. Um, and, you know, just reckon, don't beat yourself up. If you're struggling, just try and get the help that you need and the supports in place that you need so that you can be the best parent um, for your children that you're capable of.
0: Okay. Next question. Um, how do you handle an ex who just doesn't cooperate without being the bad guy?
1: Uh, that's hard, you know, and it's, it, it's, it's really hard, um, you know, because you don't want to obviously involve your children in the middle of something. And when, you know, your ex is being difficult, um, you know, it's, it's hard. And so, I, you know, I think the one thing I can say is that as children grow older, they do get to um, realize what their parents are really like, and they do tend to a lot of the things about your ex that drive you crazy. Your children do eventually start seeing that themselves as they as they get older, without you having to, you know, even say a word. Um, but when you're in the situation, um, you know, it's hard. I mean, all I would say is, you know, you don't want to involve the children children in it and um you know try and explain to your children maybe the rationale behind why you're taking a certain position um ideally explain to your ex if you can that you know like this is hurting the children because you know we're not being you know consistent here you know if it's a situation where one parent is disciplining more than the other um so the more discipline oriented parent feels like they're the bad guy you know ideally you want to try and get on the same page as each other but the reality is like the households will be different and so I really I guess the only advice I have on that is just to you know explain to your children why you're doing what you're doing or taking the position you're taking without saying bad things about your ex and as they grow older they will see things you know more clearly Um, but you have to kind of bite your tongue a lot, and, um, you know, find a way of dealing with the aggravation that your children don't, so your children don't pick up on it.
0: That's that's good advice. Um, Next question, is rotating Christmas every year in the best interest of the kids, even if one parent is not dealing with their own issues in the best way?
1: Yeah, I mean, again, everything has to is very fact specific. So, you know, I, what I'm about to answer is, you know, going to be on a general basis because I don't know this, this listener's specific situation. And I, you know, I know that the courts generally consider time with both parents to be more important than some of these other things like consistency or. Um, you know, just regular, you know, parenting stuff. Um, So I I think like if the matter were in court, a judge would say, yes, the rotating um, of the schedule is more important than, you know, the other party getting themselves together. But I think it depends on what you mean by that as well. I mean, if they've got a drug or alcohol problem um, that they're not dealing with and it is affecting their parenting um, then, you know, maybe the regular schedule isn't going to be um, the right thing for the children because this person needs to, you know, get treatment or get therapy or do something um, before they're able to, you know, parent properly. So it really depends on how, like, you know, or if, if, if it's just more that they're, you know, they need, you know, I think we could all benefit from therapy. So if it's someone who, you know, could benefit from therapy, but they don't have, you um, you know, a, a, something that's significantly affecting their parenting ability, like addiction or mental illness, um, you know, things like that, then I think that the the rotating is what a court would follow because they believe, because a judge would say that that's what the ideal is. But, you know, if, as they say, I, I mentioned mental health, because that is something too. I mean, if somebody is in a state of severe depression and they're like not able to get out of bed for example then obviously if the children come that's a problem like how are they able to parent the children and so you know that would be a situation where that person should probably get treat treated for depression and you know be if they don't want to do it on their own almost be forced into it on some level I, I you know again I'm not a mental health expert so I don't want to you know address that you know too much but um, but if, uh, you know, the bottom line is if, if it's affecting someone's ability to parent on a significant level, then it doesn't make sense for the children to, to be, you know, going there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, now, somebody asked a question that is, I think, resonates with a bunch of the guys in the server. Is anything like holiday spending or kids' birthdays taken into account when it comes to child support when it comes to those times of the month? those times of the year, it's like in holidays and buying, buying gifts.
1: Um, well, I can only comment, like I live in Toronto and I'm in Ontario, so I'm licensed to practice law here. And so here, um, like things like gifts and, and whatnot, that should just be coming out of, um, well, I mean, it depends on how you're doing it. If your spouse is getting gifts from both of you, then, you know, their share of the gifts would be coming out of the child support, but it, you know, you, and it depends on how it, it's kind of a judgment call, I guess. It's not like there's a, a case that specifically addresses this. If you're paying 10,000 a month in child support, then presumably that should be able to include gifts. But, you know, if it, I think it, it really depends, it, you know, in a lot of cases, when people aren't together, they get their own gifts, right? Let's, each parent gives their own gifts to the children. So, you know, dad pays for his and mom's paying for hers and wh- whoever's getting child support, they could be using the child support towards that. Um, but it's not like you have to give extra to to your spouse um, to pay for, you know, gifts. It's really, it should come at the, the spouse who's receiving the child support, it should come out of their, you know, child support money. Um, but whether they put your name on it or not, you may have to still get your own gifts. Or contribute extra
0: so I'm, I'm going to make a note that i don't have to pay extra child support that's that's i think that's what i heard
1: <laughs> yeah yeah you don't have to pay extra child support bottom
0: <laughs> so i have one and a half questions left which would you like first the half or the first half or the um, one? Um,
1: uh, let's do the the one the full the full question.
0: okay the one is what what can somebody do today um to prepare for the holidays in a couple of weeks
1: well, hopefully you have your schedule already sorted out. Um, so, And if you don't, like that's something to get on on right away. So hopefully you know, you know, if you have children, how who the children are going to be with and when and what the breakdown is going to be. Um, that's number one. And, you know, number two, I'd say is the time, ta- you know, the time that you're going to have your children with you. Um, you know, plan some fun things, Plan the, like some new traditions, if you, you know, especially if it's your first, you know, holiday period, separated or divorced, create some new traditions that'll be fun for the family to be involved in, um, but also plan for your time alone, um, because I think you can expect that it will be hard. And you will feel lonely and, you know, you'll feel down. And so I think it's important to, you know, make plans with friends or other family during the times, you know, you're not going to have your children with you. Um, make plans to do something, um, you know, just things, make sure you have activities in place that you find fun or that you enjoy, that you've got lots of self-care planned during those time periods as well.
0: That's good advice. Yep. The half question. Which house does Santa come to? <laughs>
1: uh, good question. <laughs> uh, I would say Santa comes to both houses, but I think that's up to mom and dad to decide. That's, yeah, that's that's probably
0: very true. That's a good point. <laughs> well, I appreciate so much um, your advice and your thoughts and perspectives, Leanne. Thanks. Uh, I really appreciate you joining us tonight.
1: Well, thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure to chat with you. And hopefully um, I've been able to add some, uh, give some help to somebody out there listening.
0: I'm sure you have. Uh, and thank you all for listening in. Uh, if you're watching or listening to the podcast, uh, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. And for Visible Man, this is Jeff Hoffman. Thanks for joining us.